Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is April 13, 2020. This is the Fightful Post-Raw podcast, but we have plenty else to talk about. Still at the Performance Center, WWE has uh, gained the ability to go live again. Not the ability. It was a Vince McMahon decision, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And the I think it was the governor or, or maybe the mayor of Orange County that announced that He had deemed WWE essential media, which we will also talk about. Obviously, a big story broke this weekend. We will be talking about the COVID-19 case within WWE. If you want your Super Chat read live on the air, donate a Super Chat any amount at YouTube.com slash Fightful. But hey, just leave a thumbs up, subscribe, all that stuff as well. Let's go ahead and get into some of these Super Chats after we introduce our wonderful co-host, Denise Salcedo. Denise, how you doing? My favorite part of the week, doing the Raw after show. So what's up, everyone? Really? Meanwhile, you're interviewing... I have nothing going on that much right now. You're interviewing Big Show, Kayla Braxton, all these people. But but little old me? (laughs) You're like, yes, cheering. To be fair, I always was WWE's favorite, too. So so that's understandable. (laughs) Uh, let's go ahead and get into some of these super chats early on. Maurice says, Sean, with all the financial stress and stock drop with WWE recently, do you think they'll ease on uh, holding on to disgruntled talent under contracts and extending contracts unnecessarily? No, I don't. And I got some news on that this week. Coming to FightfulSelect.com. Got to work. Got to Got to tighten that little knot a little bit. But my answer to that is no, absolutely not. They will not. The Line Drive says, good matches on this show, but my God, was this show a <laughs> Bill O'Reilly level of, we're doing it live, especially with Lawler's joke made, made Jim Cornette look tame. I want to get to that right off the top, right off the top, because I don't want to interrupt us breaking down really good talent to talk about this dumb shit that Jerry the King Lawler said. Okay, well, first off, he had to delete his tweet today that showed his 70-year-old wrinkly ass in a mask on an airplane hitting the bricks to go to Orlando. Keep him home. He is at risk heavily. And despite the fact that I think he says incredibly dumb shit and has for a while, I haven't enjoyed his commentary for a smooth 18 years. I do not want the man to die, Denise. I don't want him to get sick and possibly die. So I thought that was really stupid to begin with. 
Yeah, I was surprised because he was gone for a while. So I thought that, honestly, I didn't think we were going to see him back on commentary until this whole thing was over. So it was kind of unexpected. And to me, it's kind of like, well, if you're doing it for one week, two weeks, might as well do it the entire time, especially if it's somebody of an older age. Like I just I mean, obviously, coronavirus can get anybody. We already know that. But, you know, there's it's worse for older people. So during a match with Akira Tozawa taking on, um, I think it was Austin Theory, Akira Tozawa does what is commonly referred to as a cannonball off the apron. It's a rolling senton, a somersault senton into Austin Theory, in which Jerry the King Lawler says, Ah, ramen noodle moonsault. Yeah. Obviously, ramen noodles are very popular in Asian countries. That was not a moonsault in any way. Moonsault, you go backwards. Somersault, you go forward. So, I mean, stupid beyond that. And I I had some people when I commented saying, oh, stop being so offended. The thing is, I I don't get offended by, like, anything. I'm offended at how, how goddamn stupid he is to say something that ignorant. To say something that objectively dumb. To say some, oh my god! When I heard that, ass, I couldn't believe it. What a stupid ass, disrespectful thing to say. I was shocked when I heard that, and it was I was watching the show, and I was laying down, relaxing, and it was kind of one of those moments where you're like, you have to get up for a second and just like think to yourself, did I hear that properly? And the first thing I did was send a text out, and I was like, dude, I was like, this was just said on Raw. I was like, this is so it was, it was bad, honestly, it was bad. I know that if it would be, I mean, if some if that was said about some, one of the Latinos, like, oh, it's the I don't know beans or something, moonsaw, yeah. I would have been like. What the heck? You know, it just it, it was it was not appropriate, especially for right now. During we know we live in a day and age where you can't say anything, even if you didn't mean any harm by it, even if you're you know the nicest person, whatever. You got to be really careful about what you say right now. He definitely thought he was being funny, and there's there's no other way to look at this. It's like my God, he he just ain't funny, and I don't want to see him anymore. If he wants to do his own podcast and say whatever the hell he wants, then sure. But at this point, they're keeping him on WWE Raw. He is offensive, and he is offensively bad at his job. He ain't funny. The jokes don't hit. They're not good. They're not good. And I'm just, I just sit there and think about this, and I'm like, man, he thought that was the thing to say. He thought this'll do it. This'll this'll keep my keep my ass in the seat for a few more years. Oh my god. And and there were stuff like this about Mexican wrestlers like twenty years ago. Not nearly as much now, but I remember back then, when I was a kid. When I was a kid I would hear stuff like that, whether it be WCW or WWF, I'd go, That's fucked up. Like fourteen year old me knew it was messed up. Back then, when people were were eating sandwiches with turds in them and their asses were hanging out and they had had boobs out with handprints on them. They said that and I was like, man, that's pretty screwed up. 
That's pretty yeah. screwed up, man. And it's crazy because sometimes you go back and like there's certain things that you know you don't get. I mean, I know that I didn't get as a child or whatever. And then you go back and you listen to them and you're like, oh man, that was said. Like I can only imagine what the reaction would be if that were to be said nowadays. So, obviously, things have changed. The times have changed, and we all now have a very, very uh, a filter, and we have to, you know, realize that. What a dumbass. Send him home. <laughs> don't bring him back. I don't want to see this this goofy old turd again. This was it. You know what? If he goes out there and he apologizes, that would be nice, and I still don't want to see him. But he he owes Akira Tozawa an apology. That was uh, that took away from the match so much. But we had And it was something everybody immediately I went on Twitter and everybody was talking about it. So it wasn't even one of those things where it's like, oh, maybe one person caught it and one person was offended. I saw so many people that right away were like, WTF, what is happening here? Jason Check says, hi, SRS and Denise. Keep up the great work. Thank you, my friend. Thanks. J.K. Schwal says, missed opportunity in Women's Money in the Bank. Loved the matches tonight, but Shayna and Asuka just lost title chances. Lose at Mania and get rewarded with another chance. Lib, Bianca, and Kyrie would kill that match. You know what? I agree. I agree with that. Um, when I saw Asuka defeat Ruby Riot, which we can go ahead and talk about, I was like, man, kind of thought we might go in a new direction with uh, Ruby Riot. And uh, it didn't happen. I wasn't expecting that at all, to be honest. I knew going in right away that we were going to have Asuka win. The truth is Asuka is on fire. Everything that she has been doing every single week has been solid. It's been consistent. She's consistently good. She's one of the few people that every single week, no matter what show she's on, whether it's WrestleMania or whatever it is, people are talking about her on Twitter, social media, etc. So because of that, I think that it was no doubt 100% had to be Asuka on this one. So Asuka's dancing to Ruby Riot's theme, which becomes significantly less cool when Jerry Lawler goes, Man, Asuka's got some moves. All right. She cool. did that. He said the twist that she does the twist. It's something about the twist. I don't even Surprised know. Surprised he didn't call it the ramen noodle twist at this point. <laughs> oh, no. Based on how he acted so. later on in the night. Uh, I mean, that's that's just what he does at this point. Uh, so Asuka, after she dances to Ruby's theme, Ruby says she wants the real Asuka, and Asuka proceeds to kick her ass for it, which I thought was good. But then she went back to dancing. I do think she leans a little bit too heavily on the dancing, but it fits for her. Like, she's really good at getting a little bit of heat from that. Yeah, because she's mocking her competitor by yeah. doing that. You know, usually when someone is in the ring and their competitor comes out, they have a very serious look, very focused. That's usually the go-to. But with this one, she's kind of like, I don't care. I have so much confidence within myself that I know I'm going to kick your butt. So therefore, I can dance to your music if I want. It's to, I see it as a mocking, a mocking way, and I loved it. I loved it because not very many people do that. So <laughs> Riot gained some offense, but there's a really weird bulldog spot. And you can tell they started to lay it in after that because this this didn't hit very well. Uh, the ankle lock and the Oscar lock are are both applied after a series of reversals. Ruby ends up tapping out to the Oscar lock anyway. I thought this was fine. Uh, I thought this wasn't as good as I as I had predicted. But with Ruby coming back, they they put her right back to where she was. She loses to everybody, but she's really good in the ring. And Denise, I mentioned going in a new direction. But that didn't happen. But fortunately, our viewers at home can go 
towards a nude erection. Thanks okay. to our friends at BlueChew.com, you can go in all the new directions you want, when you want, on your schedule. Let's be real. You don't need to be going to a pharmacy or doctor's office to pick up Viagra and Cialis. Order Blue Chew from BlueChew.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to wait in line at the doctor's office. You don't have to call and make a doctor's appointment. And that's the safe thing to do at this point. You want a safe erection? Everybody loves a safe erection. Everybody loves it. If you went up to your lady or, or dude, not here to judge, said, you know, do you like safe erections? They would go, you know what? I think I do. I think I'm a fan of that. I don't want a risky erection. Because if you go up to somebody and you go, you know what? This erection is very high risk. They're not going to jump aboard. They're not going to saddle up and go in an old rodeo, if you know what I'm saying. They're not doing that. But Blue Chew has the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they work a lot faster, or at least can, because they're chewable, so they get into your system a lot faster. They're ready whenever you are. Full or empty stomach doesn't even matter. Somebody says, oh, Sean, you've used this one before. Hey, Jabroni. Oh, hey, Jabroni. You tried doing a thousand of these. You tried doing a thousand of these, buddy. And you know what? Every single one of those thousand have said you can get your first shipment free at Fightful.com. Don't hear you complaining about that. I know you're not complaining about that, Hawkeye, because I know you went and you ordered that BlueChew.com. I'm, <laughs> I'm not as discreet as the mailman who's going to bring it to you. I'm going to tell everybody, Hawkeye... <laughs> J1, he was all about it. Hit me up. He mailed me a letter. It had a picture of him going like this. And he said, <laughs> thank you for the tip. And I said, whoa, sir, what are you talking about? I wrote him back. And he said, no, 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 not that tip. Although that's what she said after I used BlueChew.com code FIGHTFUL. Damn, Sean, you're exposing everybody. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the next Fightful Select special. Expose everybody. <laughs> man. Oh, man. Reminder, donate a Super Chat any amount. Get your question or statement read on the air. Uh, I do need to specify we do not do plugs with those Super Chats. You have to buy a sponsor spot if you're going to, like, plug another channel, another website, uh, a product or something like that. But Oscar uh, defeated Ruby Riot to qualify for Money in the Bank. So Oscar moves on to Money in the Bank. Later on, Nia Jax does the same and crushes Kyrie Sane. As a result, what do you think about that? I didn't like this at all. At all. I just kind of felt Kyrie Sane deserves so much better. Not a quick loss like that. It was like she's been killing it every week with whatever she's been doing, you know. Obviously she hasn't had a main focal point on the on on Raw or anything like that, but she's been she's been showing up. She's been doing the work. And so because of that, I wasn't a big fan of this. It's I want to see something new from Nia Jax. It's the same thing for me. And because of that, I'm just not interested in I I, I knew what the result was going to be because I obviously Nia Jax has just returned. They can't have her lose to Kyrie Sane. But at the same time, I was like, at least have made it something a little bit more competitive to where I didn't feel like Kyrie Sane was just essentially a joke in that ring. So I wasn't a big fan of this. 
Now, there's a lot of rumors going around. People are saying, oh, Kyrie wants to leave. Kyrie wants to leave. I've not heard anything substantial about that. And everybody references it like it's a fact. I don't have a damn idea. And everybody's like, oh, well, she's leaving. I don't know if she's leaving or not. And I don't know that that's been like accurately reported by anybody. And I can't imagine a lot of the wrestling media speaks Japanese. So, I don't know. Uh don't know that anybody's exactly using her as a source, but I was very surprised that she got so little offense. And I get it, you got to reestablish Naya, but I think you need to make a lot of fresh faces in that division. But you could have easily reestablished her with a decent match between her and Kyrie. If anybody could have had a fun match sure. with her, it was definitely Kyrie, and they could have done a lot more with that. Yeah. Oh, what Kevin Langhoff sends a super chat and asks for money in the bank predictions. Well, early on we have Nia Jackson, Oscar in there. I think it could be Nia. I think Nia could do it. And then if you've got Becky with that title and Nia, her old foe with the money in the bank briefcase, Nia could cash in, take it from her. And then you've got Becky doing the chase all over again. I don't, I wonder how, how the crowd would hold. Well, there ain't no crowd to hold up right now, but I wonder how that would, would hold up. No, I wouldn't be interested in that. I don't want to see that. Yeah. Not interested. You hate good stories, huh? No, I just, I prefer, I don't want to see the whole, like, I definitely do not want to see her Becky, Becky lose her belt anytime soon. If she's going to lose it, it's got to be to somebody credible, somebody kick ass, somebody I didn't expect, somebody that I just said, yes, this is it. This is the person move on. I don't want to see the whole her lose her belt, come back, get it again. Nah, I'm not interested in that. Uh, Just so you guys know, I do see your super chats. We will get to them as we approach those segments. Charlie Wolf. Uh, I see that you sent a super chat. If you want to send a question, go ahead. Evan Wright said, you know Vince loved the ramen noodle joke. I, I think that he would probably know how stupid it is at this point. I don't think that he would think that's funny. I think that he probably knew how stupid it was. And if it was fed to him by Vince, then that would be really, really stupid. Rob Wilkins says, plug listen, your boy from this weekend. Curious if something will happen with the show being live. Uh, it was on NBCNews.com tonight, and a ton of non-wrestling uh, commented. So, yeah, WWE's going live. This was a directive from Vince McMahon himself last Friday, and it upset a ton of wrestlers, Denise. Almost unanimously. I mean, they had they brought people there that weren't even that didn't even get used Friday because they thought they were going to tape. And nobody needs to be traveling in this in general, much less more than they need to. What was your reaction when you heard this, Denise? So my reaction with everything that has been going on with WWE being named essential and, uh, you know, I obviously read the reports that talent wasn't happy. It's, it's a very, it's, it's a hard situation. I just can't be like, oh, I'm totally anti this or oh, I'm totally for this because, you know, I see both sides of it. I see the business side from WWE where, hey, they got to keep running these shows. Um, you know, I, I've heard the stories about contract obligations and all of that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I get it 100%. They got to keep these shows running they got to keep them running um whether or not they could be done live or not that to me i know it's apparently in their contract where they have to produce live shows Is i don't that know if that, that was necessarily that? forced upon them i want to be clear about that because a lot of people keep saying because of that dave Meltzer report that they have to do this have to do that i've been reaching out to people at nbc and fox and haven't heard back but i don't know that that's the case especially in this landscape 
But I mean, yeah, that that could be a concern. That's that definitely a popular talking point right now. Right. And, and if it is, then I 100% Sorry, agree sorry to that. cut you off. Vince no, did tell people they pay for live content, they're getting live content. That's what I was told he was saying. Sorry. Right. So no, so in that sense, like in that perspective, like I get why they would want to do this and keep this going live, etc. But because I know what they can do in a short amount of time and produce so many shows, it, it's very hard for me to say like it should be live because they could easily be pre-taped. I mean, come on, WrestleMania pre-taped. We all enjoyed it. They did some awesome stuff. So I feel that they could have continued that uh, with Raw or SmackDown and all other other shows because the fact is like the when it comes down to it, we've never been through something like this. In our lifetime, we have not been through something like this. So because of that, all rules are thrown out the window. And because of that, you got to protect your talent. So I can definitely see, obviously, why the talent was upset and why outsiders, people that don't aren't, aren't familiar with WWE, are upset as well. I can definitely see that, too. So I see both sides of things. And uh, when you tape, you you don't have to have as many people around. You can isolate those people, tape what they need to tape, and get them the hell out. Korosami1997 says, Quick thoughts on Rousey's comments recently. Is it a work? And do you know if the women are legitimately mad about this? Some of them are. I mean, I can't blanket statement all the women. Uh, None of them that I reached out to legitimately were. And everybody wants to angle for a match with Ronda Rousey. And... If they're smart, they'll pretend that they're upset with it, so maybe they can get a match with Ronda Rousey, because Ronda Rousey's really smart about it. She knows what fires up wrestling fans. She digs it, and I mean, come on. She heard far worse stuff in MMA. Far worse stuff. Uh, Denise, what were your thoughts on this? When I saw that, I was like, well, it's expected. You know, obviously, we all know about Rhonda's history with MMA media and all of that. So because of that, I wasn't surprised whatsoever. And I get it. I'm sure she sees all of these awful comments from fans or people claiming to be fans, you know, doing whatever they're doing in her comment section, whatever it is. But I think that Rhonda is a lot smarter than that. And I think that she's doing it as a way to say, hey, if I come back, People are going to remember this, and this gives me more of an edge. And because of that, like I just see it as Rhonda being Rhonda, and I appreciate it. She's doing something different, and it it's not something that I'm like, okay, I'm like a one. I would never do that. I wouldn't be a fan of that. But because it's Rhonda, I can definitely see her saying th- saying these comments. But I do think that we will see her back in WWE in the future, without a doubt. We will see her. And to follow up on Rob's super chat about plugging, listen, your boy this weekend, Jimmy Van hit me up right after I broke the COVID-19 WWE story. Actually, right before it. He knew I was about to, and he wanted to do a breaking news Listen Your Boy podcast about that and WWE going live. So that was up on FightfulSelect.com, but now it's up for everybody on Fightful.com. Oh, and so is Alex's Firefly Funhouse Deep Dive. So make sure you guys check that out. Alex breaks that down better than anybody. This weekend, Alex is back for another free episode of Sour Graps where he uh, watches the Big Show show. I'm sure that will be a fun watch. It's a watch-along. So tune in for that one. And you can check out Sour Graps covering Raw and SmackDown uh, every week, twice a week, on FightfulSelect.com. Backstage, MVP has his own little VIP lounge, and he announces Austin Theory versus Aleister Black in a uh, qualifying match next week. Apollo Crews will take on... Him next week, MVP, and Rey Mysterio versus Buddy Murphy. I like all three of these matches. We haven't seen them a bunch, and they have stakes to them, Denise. So I'm all right with these. 
and I don't necessarily think that they're all slam dunks. I think Apollo will win. I think Alistair will win. But it wouldn't surprise me to see this Zelina stable maybe, maybe cost Alistair Black something. But uh, then again, I think he's probably winning it. But Buddy Murphy, I think Buddy Murphy could beat Rey Mysterio. I think if, for Buddy Murphy, I definitely see him advancing. And I re- I'm so happy that they're having these qualifying matches and separating them week by week, obviously. But I feel that it's one of those things like if you're not watching because you're like, oh, Roz, Roz at the Performance Center. I'm not going to watch, whatever. Yeah. I feel, if anything, this is something that could get viewers to actually tune in. And something where there are stakes and people are interested because they know that the winner is actually going to get something as a direct yeah. result versus it just being, you know, Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza, a music festival. I don't know. I just we made can, up a word and I went I with Lollapalooza. I saw you sad the fact that there's no music until, like, no concerts. Dude, till- I have pit tickets to Taylor Swift's Lover Fest this July that I spent $1,000 on. What? I am more than sad. I'm depressed. I'm trying not to think about it. She hasn't made any announcements yet, but I know it's coming. I know I'm going to cry. I know I'm going to go in a you black hole. No one's going to hear from me. What, Denise? $1,000 plus tax. <laughs> what on Taylor Swift spend? <laughs> on one show for two tickets, pit tickets, and it was a discount, okay? Because that price is what they're going for now at the nosebleeds, all right? And FYI, I am a diehard Swifty, and I do not regret it, but I am sad. Let me speak for our entire viewership when I say, huh? Wow. Now I got to plug my mic back in. You shocked me so much. <laughs> I got to set my thing back up. I disconnected the arm. Yeah, and hey, with t- what Ticketmaster's doing, if they postpone the concert, I don't even know. I'm not even. Exactly. Gonna, I'm, I mean, I don't want my, I mean, hey, I just want to see Taylor Swift live. She can keep all my money. I Let's bought just my wife it. some very expensive, not nearly as expensive as yours, uh, tickets to see Letter Kenny live in Kentucky and or Cincinnati, and they postponed it, so I don't get my money back. Messed up, man. Messed up. <sighs> wow. But now you know why I'm sad. <laughs> Seth Rollins says his career has been crucified. He's just staring at the camera, and he's there all night long. And after the commercial, he says he's he's still here, and he's here for us, and the Messiah has truly risen. Now, I feel like I could have went into a blasphemous He is Risen Blue Chew promo, and I will one day. But I kind of like this demented Seth Rollins thing. We've got a lot more to talk about him later, but what did you think of these? I loved it. Okay, so first of all, the, they did three, I think. Uh, the fir- I liked it because he was not staring into the camera. I liked it for the simple fact that he was staring off to the side, kind of like he was lost in a trance of his thoughts. And because of that one little touch, I thought it added so much more to this. And I liked it because I didn't expect to see him towards the end of Raw. I thought, okay, this is all we're getting, these little three backstage videos, and that's going to be it. So when he actually came out, it was a pleasure pleasant surprise and i i like the whole thing it was like kind of like a little built towards him coming out for raw today i enjoyed it too rob wilkins says expect an email from jeremy lambert wanting a raise after that denise story i give jeremy a raise in november my god i just i just gave him one (laughs) god eloquent says (laughs) unless ronda is coming back soon should they have brought up the tweets to shana no i i 
you don't always got to tie everything to Shayna. I mean, I get it that there is, there are connections there, but I don't think you even bring that up until you really, really have to. Because Shayna wants to stand on her own, obviously. And the fact that they did just keeps proving my point that it's going to be something where Ronda obviously shows up again. Yeah. Teron Riddick says, I still think Sasha wins Money in the Bank. Aleister Black wins for the men. If they don't do the same night cash-in, I think we get one case on each brand. That's usually how they like to do it, Denise. They like to put one on each brand. Yeah, that would work. Well, Charlotte is still on the Raw brand, even though she's NXT champion. She got a promo saying that she beat the next big thing in Rhea Ripley and proved what Vince McMahon knew last year when he inserted her into the first women's main event of WrestleMania, that she was the big thing. I thought this was harmless. It was effective. It did what it needed to do. Yeah, I actually like the line where she said that she's done beating uh, Bailey, she's done beating uh, uh, Becky, and that she's moving on to beating the next big thing. I actually thought that was a nice way to put over the women on NXT. Me too. I thought that was really nice. I need WWE in canon to just say, hey, NXT and Raw have a working relationship. Because every week we see NXT wrestlers here. And we saw another one in Oni Lorcan. By the way, Jerry Lawler, go home. Oni Lorcan has been signed for five years, Denise. And Jerry Lawler acted like they woke this guy up off a park bench and brought him in. Yeah, I was wondering, because I didn't see a lot of people mention this on Twitter, but maybe I just didn't see. But it kind of felt like with making fun of his name, and it kind of felt yeah. like this was his first time discovering him and saying like, oh, this Oni Lorkin guy, he he's uh, he's in for one with Aleister Black. Like, this is going to be a real, like, it, it, it came across like it was his first time with Oni Lorkin on this one. He was 65 years old wearing his sing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply to the commentary booth with a crown <laughs> come on well this match was very good uh, no big shocker they beat the living shit out of each other they had some great chain wrestling uh, Alistair Black has worked in that scissor sweep into a leg lock into his repertoire and that's good it's, it's a move that nobody's doing and it's a move that he didn't used to do all the time to the contrary, I think by now Alistair's opponent should know that he's not going to dive outside. He's going to do his flip back inside the ring. He's going to sit down. Um, Lorcan almost won this with a big clothesline, but they, they didn't treat him like a job guy except for Lawler. Lawler made it sound like, oh my god, I can't believe he, he's even doing this, huh? Black Mass wins it. This was really good, though. I liked it, Denise. The reason why I was a fan of this match in particular was because it was different from some, from what we've been seeing Alistair Black do week after week. Oni Lorcan was a different type of competitor. They had a different style of a match and I thought it was refreshing to see Alistair Black do something different. And obviously we knew he was going to get the win because we just knew that. But the point is they put up a good match and I liked it. It was different and that's what we need. I don't want to keep seeing Alistair Black just beat up these random people that I could care less about. Yeah, Oni Lorcan may have been random on today's specific Raw episode, but the point is they had 
had a different match, and it was good. Also, I like the post-match interviews that they were having with a lot of the talent. I think they should do that when they're looking for content. Now, I, I don't usually entertain non-Super Chats, but someone's saying, Lawler's a heel, shrug, just doing heel things. No, he wasn't. He wasn't playing the heel here. He was pretending he did not know this guy, or he didn't know this guy. Also, the ramen noodle line was not him being a heel. It was him being a dumbass. Him being a dumbass, just like anybody who says he's being a heel. Wow. Says Oni Lorkin. There's no way that can be his real name. <laughs> There's no way that can be a fake name. Nobody would pick a name like that. Like, it wasn't clever. It wasn't anything. It was just bad. Just bad. Jimmy Van, Fightful Founder, says, I was once offered Taylor Swift tickets from a Major League Baseball rep and passed. My soul has my, – my my heart just went from red to black right now. Dang. <laughs> that broke my heart. Becky Lynch and comes so out, uh, talks a little bit about Shayna Baszler, but also talks about Money in the Bank. And I like this because it adds a little bit of gravitas to the, the Money in the Bank match and says that she'll always have a plan. She'll challenge whoever wins it, and she'll shock the world one more time. This was very succinct, and I like that. These, these quick promos, they come out there for a couple minutes – and then they go. I like that. You don't got to be out there for 10, 11 minutes. This one was fine. I thought that Charlotte Flair's promo did have a bigger impact, though, than uh, Becky's did tonight. Me too. Uh, it's just there wasn't a lot to say about this promo. She's She doesn't have a program right now. She's waiting to see who she has a program with. And I, I like that because she took the focus off herself a little bit, but kept it, like, let you know, hey, I'm watching this. And the fact that Becky Lynch, the greatest Raw or SmackDown Women's Champion ever. Probably the greatest WWF, WWE Women's Champion that wasn't an NXT Champion ever. And, I mean, you can throw Moolah in there, too, because she owned the belt. She wasn't really defending it on WWE programming very much. When she says, hey, I'm paying attention to this match to this degree, I think that, that adds a little bit. So I like that. Shayna Baszler squashed Sarah Logan, just cracked her with a forearm and some punches, stomped her elbow out, and poor Mike Rome flubbed it up. Announced this Sarah was Logan a mess, the yeah. It, see, Denise, if they were taped, if they were taped, this wouldn't have happened. I didn't like anything about this from top really? to bottom. I didn't like it. I wasn't into the whole Sarah Logan like crying and all of this. It was just, I didn't like it. I liked how it made Shayna look. I get it. She's supposed to be this badass girl that doesn't get, that doesn't really care all of that. But I just didn't like the execution. I didn't think that I didn't think that Sarah Logan's reaction equaled what we saw. So it just it felt different to me. It felt like we were supposed. I felt like I was supposed to be more heartbroken or, or shocked after what just happened to her. And quite frankly, I wasn't. So I felt that the reaction was over the top for me. Well, the elbow stomp I thought looked great. I thought that looked awesome. I thought Sarah reacted well. Mike Rome kind of took some heat off heat out of that, and Tom Phillips corrected it. But Shayna Baszler qualifies for Money in the Bank. I like her being a Money in the Bank. It's a new challenge. It's something different for her. Austin Theory defeated Akira Tozawa. This match just it wasn't great or anything. It was kind of run of the mill for them. They had a couple of spots, including the rolling senton and a, 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 a standing moonsault. And Theory won with his version of the TKO called the ATL. 
But the highlight of this was Zelina got on the show all night and really established her stable because the funny thing is Angel Garza got called up because Andrade was hurt. Then Austin Theory got called up because Andrade was hurt. And they could have been sent right back down, but they were like, you know what? We're going to keep them up. We're going to do a stable. And they put this stable over hard tonight, Denise. We and have- I honestly thought we weren't going to see – I thought we were going to see Austin – I thought we weren't going to see Austin Theory anymore. I was like, okay, that's it. They're going to move on with this, whatever. But I am so excited about this. Well, he went 0-4 in his first four matches, and I was like, they're probably just jobbing him out. But as we talk about this, I want to mention Drew McIntyre came out. He joked about the internet being negative at the top of the show, which I've never been negative, so I don't know what he's talking about. He calls his highlights over Big Show, and really it seemed like how they handled Rollins last year. But he says he's going to be a different champion and and give title shots to people that deserve it. And Andrade comes out with Zelina, who reminds Drew of their NXT title match, where not only did Andrade beat him, but Drew tore his arm apart. They set up a match for tonight. Andrade cuts a pretty slow promo. He's working on his English, but he basically says, no more senor, nice guy. And this led to the Austin Theory match a little bit later where we see Zelina again, and she's on commentary. And Austin Theory wins. And then after that, Angel Garza defeated Tahuni Miles. And Garza whipped his ass real bad. And he's joined by his stable who helped him beat down Miles. Now, this is significant because they did the same to Akira Tozawa earlier in the night. So all this kind of goes together. I thought Angel Garza's squash was a lot better than Austin Theory's back-and-forth match. I love that they attacked their opponents afterwards. And I love that this was to say, these guys are good, or at least they're they're a force. Watch out for them. So, okay, so starting off with... At the very top, I was excited at the fact that because, okay, Drew McIntyre, he's at a point now where, you know, it's very easy for the fans to no longer see somebody as a top baby face in terms of they could be a fan of his, but then out of nowhere, they could just, you know, kind of casually fade away. So he's at the point right now where, yeah, he got the bout. Everybody was excited for him, but now he has to keep people at the palm there. He has to keep people interested. And so with that, I got very excited when they had Andrade come out and they were playing off their history. And I thought, okay, well, this is going to be fresh. This is going to be exciting because we haven't seen Andrade Andrade, um, you know, in a picture like this. So for me, I was very excited about the two of them going at it. And then the Akira Tozawa Austin Theory match. I love the commentary with Zelina because I thought Zelina made Austin Theory look like a million bucks because everything she was saying, it was kind of like, okay, well, yeah, like everything that she's saying, it seems to be benefiting Austin Theory. So with that, I enjoyed everything that she added there. I thought it was very, very much needed to make Austin Theory sort of, um, you know, we've only been seeing him for a couple of weeks. So for, for, for him to have more to his character, I thought this was very much needed. Um, I loved all the post-match beatdown. I love everything that they did in terms of them going all together. It was kind of exciting. And it was one of the things where I did, where they did the Ingobernable salute. So it's like, yeah. okay, like they're definitely playing off of that. And considering that Andrade as La Sombra was one of the original members, it's like, come on, like this is a really cool thing, especially if you're a fan of, of you know, not just WWE and you know the history, etc. It's a nice little thing to sort of tie that in. So I wouldn't hate if they called it something like that because you see that in uh, Ring of Honor too. Roosh has his own 
stable that that he has created as an offshoot of that. And yeah, I, I wouldn't hate that since Lasombra was one of the, the primary members of this faction that helped popularize it. I, I think that would be awesome. And I really love how much they put into establishing them tonight. And, like, I know, obviously, they won't go by the naming Gorbenabilis, but they yeah. could have something, you know, similar. I don't know, whatever they can call them, something different. And so it would be pretty interesting because it would be in AAA, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and even perhaps WWE. In ROH, they call them La Faction in Gobernable. There you go. That one. So it's a bit of an offshoot. They still use the Ingobernable name, but they don't – they're not, like – they're not Los Ingobernables or L.I.J. or anything like that. Uh, but it is an offshoot, and I think WWE could probably find a way to make that work as well. Uh, Lashley defeated No Way Jose. He's screaming, or Lana's screaming at him from the outside, and Lashley tells her to shut up. Uh, Jose has a great working punch. I love his punch. But gets suplexed overhead. Spear and a win for Lashley. This was just to let you know, hey, these two people are arguing. What's up? I feel really bad for people like Lashley who could have came here and taped like three things and got the hell out, but he didn't. No, and now we're going to see the whole fallout between him and Lana, so yay. <laughs> Vincent Elisar says, do you think they could get away with putting Carrillo in Zelina's stable? I think they could, especially if he goes on a losing streak and his cousin Angel Garza is like, come on, come on. And it'll definitely help, especially because we know that Andrade and Garza have this insane amount of charisma. So I think that can help carry carry that a little bit for him. Kevin Langhoff says, Sasha tweeted, what do I get if I win? Referring to her match with Tamina on Friday, where if Tamina wins, she gets a title shot. Will she get automatically added to Money in the Bank if she wins? I think if she wins, she should get a damn title shot. Yeah, why what, not? So Tamina gets. <laughs> there is no way Tamina should be winning this match to be honest with you the the upside isn't there it is not there every time she's put in a prime spot i'm like surely this is it surely this is it and it never is it never is i never expected it to be though like like it's not like i just never i haven't seen i haven't seen her do something where i'm like yes she needs to be in that spot and i just haven't seen it Viking Raiders defeated Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. I was a little surprised by the result, but Alexander and Ricochet have matching gear that doesn't look like what anybody else is wearing in WWE. I dig that. I like it. Uh, Viking Raiders haven't been on Raw in over a month, and this match was wild. It was all over the place. Uh, The Viking Raiders completely botched the Viking experience, which, again, if this were taped, Denise... Would not have happened. <laughs> uh, but these are the kind of vi- uh, of opponents Viking Raiders needed. This division needed Cedric and Ricochet and even Austin Theory and Angel Garza. A little bit something different to add to this. and Because the Viking Raiders had already faced everybody a hundred times. Because they had to beat everybody to get the titles. And then they got the titles and it's like, oh, well. And they lost we- their hype without having fresh opponents. They lost yeah. it. They had nothing, and now they've already faced them. This they they need to switch some stuff around. I wouldn't hate another shakeup, but the thing is, they burn through first time matches all the time. And I'm excited for next week's RAW because we get some of them. I was excited for this match because we got one of them. But I just know Denise, we're gonna see this four or five more times before the end of the summer. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. Well, the thing with this one, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was a match. I was like, oh my god, this is the yes. greatest thing ever. Same. Because you can tell that obviously because they are going to go and do more matches that they're saving stuff or whatever. So I thought this match was fine. It started off a little bit slow for for them. Slow. Um, it eventually ended up picking up, which I did like. But I thought that it wasn't really anything where I thought, oh, this match is amazing or anything like that. I kind of just felt that it was just there. Um, I did like that Ricochet was throwing in this commentary while he was doing his moves and he's like sorry bro i have to end it here i thought that was a nice little touch to that um but that's that's the that's what i want to see out of him i want him to do a little bit of that i gotta i gotta it it helps add character i thought commentary did a really good job putting over cedric after he kicked out of a bunch of stuff because they were like damn look at this guy he's not the guy you've seen getting beaten every week he's reinvigorated and he's motivated um, man, I, I was bummed that Cedric and Ricochet didn't win, but I think they're too good of a team or too good individually to be denied. I think that collectively, I think that this will really play to their strengths and they are going to find success with one another and they're going to find that gear. They're going to push each other. They're going to play off of each other and they're going to one up each other. And I think that's, that's what those two need very badly. Exactly. And Ricochet with his style, he's that guy that like everybody should like, all the kids should look up to and be like, oh man, that guy is so cool. Like there is no reason why Ricochet shouldn't be essentially the coolest guy on the roster. He could do all the cool moves. So why not have like this cool down to earth, um, personality, like the guy that you can just kind of hang out with, like the guy you want to be buddies with essentially that all the guys want to hang out with. He should be that guy. And I feel that when we see his personality in this sort of sense, we're getting more of that connection with the audience but with, with the tv audience um but yeah we need to see more of that instead of him going out there and not necessarily putting his best foot forward and we had a real skeleton crew on raw tonight and you could tell like ray was there for a little bit and rusev hasn't been there in a long time and joe hasn't been there in a long time but there was no aj styles there was no club or oc or anything like that there was no randy orton there was no edge. It. I thought that it was. I thought it was pretty clear that it was lacking some star power in that in that regard. And I I enjoyed the show just fine. I thought it was a solid show. But when you're missing Styles, Edge, Orton, boy, does that stand out. And and not only that, but you've had guys that support those like Rusev and Joe that have been gone a long time. I thought that really became clear, which, you know, some sometimes it could be a lot worse because they spent a lot of time getting over this stable tonight. And I like that. Sometimes all you need is one night to really get something over and hammer home. Hey, they're really good. And two out of three ain't bad for, for winning these matches. But uh, I, I thought that, that that was pretty pretty evident that they were missing some people. And I, I don't know how often are these people going to even want to come in? How often are these people going to want to travel? At least if you tape, Denise, you could try to get them in and film multiple weeks worth of stuff. I feel that because of this, that is why next week the matches that are announced are supposed to be first time ever because necessarily they're working with talent that essentially feel comfortable or maybe are more willing to do the work. I don't know. I don't really know like what's going on 
back there in terms of like Mm -hmm. whether or not talent say no or whether or not they're given the option. I don't know, but I'm assuming based on my assumption that even just with the matches that announced that it's going to kind of be like this the next few weeks. And I've I've been saying this like so much, like when they had John Cena in, they should have been like, Hey John, do you mind us filming? Like you squashing somebody. And like that way we can say John Cena in action on Friday night, Smackdown, you get him in and out of there in five minutes and you film some stuff. That's it's, who it's knows? Who knows how long thing. it took for them to do the Firefly Funhouse? Well, Maybe that's, he's too busy with that. Well, that's the thing. He was there for an episode of SmackDown. They knew they weren't going to be out of this performance center for a long time. It's weird to me when you have guys like Gronk there, you have John Cena there, you have Goldberg there, you had Reigns there, you had all these people there, and you just didn't film ahead. And I will never understand why they didn't do that. Uh, it was so weird. It Because you know what Fox would like? Even if Fox was like, oh, you better give us live stuff. Do you think they would go, oh, no, we don't want you to air this taped John Cena squash match. Of course they do. Right. Wild. Exactly. Street Profits are backstage joking about Viking Raiders. And I loved Bianca Belair's role here. She's like... I hear you guys joking, but you all lose to them a lot. And I think you should probably beat them before you talk all that shit. I thought She's she setting was, them straight. I love it. I always thought this was a great way to do that. Have somebody come up and say, what are you laughing at? They, they beat you. Don't you care about that? And I like that about Bianca. Because Bianca wants to win. And that's something I don't always see out of a lot of pro wrestlers. To me, I think Tessa Blanchard is probably the best in America at every single thing you see them do in the ring or in a promo or something. It It's her trying to get into somebody's head, her trying to intimidate somebody or win a match. And I think Bianca is real close to that as well. I love this spot for her. Yeah, and I mean, they can easily play off of this so much. You know, it could be kind of something funny, especially since the Street Profits do a lot of this comedy type stuff. It could be kind of like, oh, we're trying to impress Bianca. Like, let's keep doing our best or whatever. Like, they can play off of that. It'll be funny. Main event, non-title champion versus champion. Drew McIntyre defeated Andrade. Uh, Zelina and Andrade were interviewed backstage, and they take exception to Charlie's questions. But Drew took over early. Gets attacked by Andrade when he's distracted. And I love that they worked so much of Drew's arm in this because they referenced it earlier in the night. They had history in a prior match. Drew said, that took me out for six months. Uh, This was one of the rare times I thought Jerry Lawler added to commentary. He mentioned one of his opponents that uh, was working out before their match and he heard it snap and that he was never the same again. This was a really good callback to the Andrade-Drew match in NXT. I like the story of this. They played, they even went back to the very spot where he got injured, Denise. Exactly. The storyline is built in for this one. And because of that, I want to see more of Andrade and Drew. I don't mind seeing them wrestle a few more times because it felt fresh. It felt exciting. It felt different for me, at least. I They had a very aggressive match, and I really enjoyed that. I think that they could do a lot of fun matches together and kind of keep it keep it, keep it it something that he has something doing every week. And obviously, we saw the post be down with, with uh, Seth Rollins and all of that. And that's obviously the direction that they're going in. But I wouldn't mind toying with the Juan Andrade Drew thing for a lot longer. 
So they they played back that injury spot, as you mentioned, and I'm with you. I wouldn't mind if they did that. Uh, to me, they got to get the title off of Andrade, though, because you know that he's not going to be beating Drew anytime soon. It, it's like a, a big neon sign that says the U.S. champion isn't beating the world champion type of thing. Drew wins with the Claymore. And right after, Garza chop blocks Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins attacks him. Now, I had a lot of people in the chat saying this, and Eloquent sent a super chat that says, I hate that Rollins gets the title program after losing a feud to Kevin Owens. I agree. Seth Rollins needs to win matches. Otherwise, Kevin Owens should be walking out next week and saying, What? Why do you think that you have any right to do this? Even Edge should be coming out and saying, Excuse me? What? I hate, hate title shots or title programs off a loss. That's why they gotta have Seth Rollins beat some people. And Drew should say that too. Drew should say, I want to fight you, but I want you to deserve it more. Because that's the thing that he said at the top of the show, Denise. I will fight people who deserve it. And right now, Seth doesn't deserve it, Denise. Yeah, honestly, that's just the, that's just the truth. And I don't think very many people right now want – I think it's still been too recent since we've last seen Seth Rollins with the title and that title picture. So I feel like more time should go by until we see him there again. And because of that, that's why I felt like I wanted to see Drew Andrade instead because I didn't feel as hyped for him, Seth Rollins. Um, and – even like if they had Kevin Owens come out with Andrade, like for me, I'm mean, sorry, with uh, Drew McIntyre, that would be so exciting. Like I can't even, I, I think that would have been like a really, really fun direction to go in, but obviously it doesn't seem that way. I just, I, yeah, I just don't think that I was as hyped for the Seth thing. Same here. And I, I, I want Seth to be a prominent figure. It's just, I want him, his character to, earn it and that's the thing people are saying oh you don't think Seth Rollins the guy deserves it no I'm talking about a, a goddamn character guys he the character does not deserve it doesn't deserve timing it. wise it's all timing for yeah. me that's what at least Taryn Riddick says they could use Bianca for the eventual profits breakup have her say Dawkins is holding Montez back from where he should be and being a winner I think Montez has a ways to go before they do that but yeah I agree he's going to be a breakout star uh, I think that Everybody kind of knows that. But, yeah, I think they will go that way. Down the um, line for sure. And, yeah, I just – I want Seth Rollins to earn the title shot. So have him beat a couple people on upcoming episodes of Raw. Have Drew McIntyre say, you want this? Beat some people. Or enter Money in the Bank, one or the other. I think that's uh, pretty pretty standard. Uh, and this week we have some pretty cool stuff coming your all's way. Interview with Gregory Iron drops tomorrow, well, Tuesday. So if you're listening to this and it's Tuesday, it's already out. I got an interview with the former Justin Gabriel, PJ Black, dropping this week. And there is a ton of news in there. And, of course, FightfulSelect.com, that's the most direct way to support us. I got a Q&A show this week. I had the most substantial backstage report podcast I've ever done today. I discussed the process of me finding out about the positive COVID-19 test from WWE and asking them about it and what led to them finally confirming the news. Uh, that That is a very in-depth look at that as well as uh, them going live again. 
So check out that podcast. It's about 20, 25 minutes of exclusive news uh, every single week on FightfulSelect.com. So make sure you all check that out. Listen, your boy is back on Wednesday. And don't forget the Distraction Podcast, Tuesdays and Thursdays on Fightful.com. But Denise, what do you got going on? All right, tons of YouTube stuff. I've been like bumping out videos faster than you can say sabotage, whatever. The point is that I have an interview with the, with the big show. I think I talked about this already last week, but if you guys haven't checked it out, go check it out. I've been getting so much great feedback on that interview and it was pretty exciting to see that the show was trending at number three top in the US on Netflix, which is like amazing because Netflix is huge. So go check out that interview with the big show. Then I also had an awesome interview with Kayla Braxton and that one was super cool, especially for me as a journalist, as an aspiring host, as somebody who admires Kayla Braxton. Um, that one was really cool because we talked about her career days uh, in college, coming out of college, landing her job with the WWE. So all of that cool stuff in there. Um, so check out that interview as well. Really two, really good to back-to-back interviews, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Definitely recommend those guys. Check them out. Reminder, Fightful Wrestling Weekly drops for free every Wednesday morning. Gives you a look at a lot of the stuff we posted on Select in the week prior. Denise, thank you so much. Thank you. But uh, I'm very disappointed at that $1,000. Oh, man. Well, how, how do you think I feel? There, I don't have those te- I don't have those $1,000, and I don't have my Taylor Swift concert coming up. I'm depressed. Somebody told me. What was the story last week I didn't tell? Somebody told me I didn't tell a story. Was it the Pete Davidson story? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. So we talk a little bit of pop culture at the end of shows when we have a little free time. Maybe a little Marky Mark, maybe some Taylor Swift. But uh, I like Pete Davidson stand ups, and I like him on SNL. He's very funny. And he dated Ariana Grande, right? And right. she indicated to a lot of people that he had a big old yep. wang, right? <laughs> yeah. So he didn't really talk about her a lot for a long time. For obvious reasons, you can't mention her name without having at least 10 people in your mentions. Even if you got like three followers, that's, that's what will happen. Followers can be a little bit nuts. And he was like, well, you know what? She wrote a song. She said a lot of stuff about me, so I'm just going to be honest. She's demented, and she's really manipulative, and this is why. He said, she says that. So that now every woman that I'm with will be disappointed from here on out. <laughs> no, yes. are you serious? That's what he said. He was like, she said that because now anytime I'm with a girl, they are going to be disappointed when they see what really happens. Well, I think right after her, he started dating, I think was it Kate Beckinsale? I forgot who he started dating right afterwards. And I was kind of like, I immediately, my brain went to what Ariana had said about him. And I was (laughs) like, well, maybe that's why. I don't know. Not necessarily my type, but still. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Uh, Well worth a watch, guys. But uh, till next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.